0: so we are going to open God's word together and um we are in a series right now in the book of 1 Corinthians but i thought let's put that on pause for a moment so we can mark this moment together and as i was searching the scriptures for um something that i felt would be fitting i read Romans 16 and thought there it is let's let's read that together and it's my delight to do that now so as God speaks to you this morning through these words, I invite you to uh, open your hearts to receive them. Hear God's word. The, the, uh, the words will be on the screen. This is Paul speaking to the church in Rome, and this is his closing, closing remarks. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Cancria, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend, Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ Jesus before me, before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend, uh, Statius. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, these women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. "'Greet Ansycritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermes, "'and other brothers and sisters with them. "'Greet Philologus, Julia, Neris, and his sister, "'and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. "'Greet one another with a holy kiss. "'All the churches of Christ send greetings. "'I urge you, brothers and sisters, "'to watch out for those who cause divisions "'and put obstacles in your way "'that are contrary to the teaching you have learned.' Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, and so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good, and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. And Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Cortus, send you their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles may come to the obedience that comes from faith, to the only wise God be glory forever, through Christ Jesus. Amen. So dear friends of Jesus Christ, I've been using a podcast to read through the Bible this year listening to the scripture passages as they're read to me. And one of the things I've noticed going through the Bible this time around is that there are a lot of lists in the Bible. It is loaded with lists, specifically loaded with lists of names. These are the names of the people who crossed the Jordan. These are the heads of households who were present when Ezra read the law. So-and-so was the son of so-and-so who was from such-and-such a tribe, and so on and so forth. I don't know about you, but when when I'm reading the Bible, I don't usually read the lists. I don't read them for the same reason that I don't read the credit rolls at the end of a movie. I don't know these people and they don't seem to advance the story in any meaningful way i wonder how many of us have ever heard a sermon on one of these great lists in the bible probably never i'm guessing that's because we preachers know that the lists don't preach they don't work people tune out our eyes is our eyes glaze over what does this have to do with anything so now here's the $5 question. Why, Pastor Dave, on our 70th anniversary as a congregation, do you decide to preach on a list? I mean, out of all the inspirational passages. And here we are reading about Rufus and Phlegon, Tryphena and Trifosa. Why, you would be, have been better off reading us the list of names of those buried in Alliston Union Cemetery. At least we would have known a few of them. Speaking of cemeteries and lists of names, I had a powerful experience there recently, walking through the lists of names as those appear on the headstones. It was on the day that we laid Jerry to rest in his plot. I led the processional that day, everyone following behind the casket, the pallbearers, and as I walked, I read the list of the names Of the people that were buried there as we made our way. And I saw names like Halima and Neinheiss House. Neinheiss House? I always get that wrong, sorry. I saw Vandermeers, Biles, and there was probably more that names that you'd recognize that were all buried in this one section of Alliston Union Cemetery. Three, na- three years ago, these names would have been, meant nothing to me, just a list. But when I turned around to face the crowd that had gathered, I saw Halemas and Nine Houses, Vandermeers, Bile. And it struck me, this isn't just a list. These are people who have had an impact on the people who are gathered here. And these are people that are now having an impact on me. It's a good reminder, I suppose, that when there are names involved, it's never just a list. The Bible is filled with big stories. It's really the highlight reel of God's mission to put the world back together through the death and resurrection of His Son. To complete this mission, God calls and assembles a curious cast of characters, oddballs like Abraham and Sarah, stutterers like Moses, and bumbling disciples like Peter, James, and John. We know these people because their stories are spotlighted in the story of salvation. But what about the supporting cast? Who blew the trumpets on the day that the walls of Jericho came tumbling down? And who made the bag lunches for the disciples on days where they had a lot of travel? And who opened their house in Rome? so that the faithful could have a place to pray and worship we don't get to know the supporting cast but occasionally we get a list i commend to you our sister phoebe says paul a servant diaconos, in the church of Cancrea. it's tough to say if paul is referring simply to phoebe's servant heart here or to the position she held in the church diakonos is the greek word here translated servant but it also it could also be translated as deacon paul liked the word diakonos and he frequently used it to describe the mission of every spirit empowered believer you are the diakonos of god he said to the church meaning you are the servants of god but the word also came to be used in specific senses and given to specific people who held specific roles, deacons. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon from the church in Cancrea. Whatever sense Paul is meaning here when he uses the word, it's clear that Phoebe is coming highly recommended. She's been a great benefactor for Paul, a helper. And not only for Paul, but for others, too. And so Paul implores the church to welcome her and to take care of her needs. Why is Paul encouraging the church to receive Phoebe? Well, it's likely that she's the one that's delivering the message, the letter. Maybe she was going to Rome on business and Paul tucked the letter into her suitcase and asked her to pass it on. Or maybe she made a special trip just to deliver the letter. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright argues that Phoebe was both the carrier and probably the first reader of Paul's letter to the Romans, as it was the custom in that time for the deliverer to read the letter. Imagine that, the first person to read Romans, this letter that has changed the world, was a woman named Phoebe, a diakonos from Cancrea. After introducing Phoebe, Paul starts greeting the brothers and sisters in Rome. I won't go through the whole directory, but you can hear the love and gratitude in Paul's greetings. This isn't just a list. These are partners in ministry. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. Priscilla and Aquila, we're, we've been getting to know them in our uh, learning about the letter or Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. Priscilla and Aquila, they're a husband and wife team, and Paul worked with them day and night. During the day, he made tents with them. He was a co-worker in business, and at night, together, they preached and discipled the people of Corinth. So Priscilla and Aquila, Paul meets them in Corinth, but they travel together to Ephesus. They help plant the church there, and then eventually, they go on to Rome. These people risked their lives for me, says Paul. Priscilla and Aquila, not just a list. These are partners in ministry. And there's Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. And you don't forget that first person whose heart is opened and transformed by Christ. Every missionary sets out hoping that God will transform lives, and sometimes it takes a long time, and sometimes it doesn't happen. But then Epinetus. What a joy, not just a list. And then there's Mary, who worked very hard for you. Every church has a Mary. They are a gift, not just a list. Oh, and say hello to Andronicus and Junia, my, my kin, my, my relatives who have been in prison with me. It's likely that Andronicus and Junia are a husband and wife team as well. And when Paul talks about doing time with them in prison, he's probably not talking about actual prison. He's probably referencing, rather, his calling as one in chains for the gospel. Andronicus and Junia are also in chains with him for the gospel. In a way, they're a ministry pair at work in Rome, and they are well revered too says Paul, outstanding among the apostles. It's tough to say, uh, what, it's tough to get at what Paul is saying here about Andronicus and Junia. Is he saying that they are exceptional apostles of Christ Jesus, like Peter or John, called, sent out, empowered for ministry? Were they among the 120 who received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? or are they simply esteemed and well-regarded by the apostles, as some other translations suggest? I'm spending some time on this because this is a very hotly debated verse in Scripture, mostly because of Junia. Junia is a woman's name. And for years, biblical scholars thought that this was a typo, as it couldn't possibly be that a woman could be an apostle, outstanding among the apostles. So if you open your pew Bibles, NIV 1984, Junia will appear as Junius, which is a man's name. But that's not what the best Greek manuscripts say. They say Junia, not Junius. So who are these people? Well, it's likely that they're a missionary couple sent to Rome to minister there. Now, did Junia have the same authority as Andronicus? Was she allowed on the pulpit and given a seat at the consistory table? Or were, maybe she was more of a prayer warrior? Paul is not interested in parsing this out for us. He's simply greeting his fellow partners in the ministry of Christ Jesus. But whatever your views on women in church leadership, it's pretty clear from this passage that the ladies are well represented as integral partners in God's mission. Paul names a lot of them, Phoebe, Priscilla, Mary, Junia, Persis, and my favorite sisters, Tryphena and Tryphosa, not to mention Rufus' mother, who has been a mother to me too. These are women who work hard in the Lord. Thank God for women who work hard in the Lord, not just a list the women feature prominently in Paul's list, but so do Jews and Gentiles and really people from every uh, 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 stratus of su- strata of society. This is a diverse group. Some are wealthy, like Narcissus, whose house was big enough to host worship gatherings. Others had names that were common to slaves, like Apelles and Urbanus. Some of these people are married, like Priscilla and Aquila, but the majority are single, or at least their spouses are not mentioned, maybe because they are not yet followers of Jesus, or maybe because their spouses have already passed away. We don't know. But 26 people in total are named. But many more are mentioned in passing, as Paul sometimes greets a whole group, like when he greets those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. It's hard to be sure about the exact size of the church in Rome, but if 26 people are greeted by name and others are referred to, maybe we're thinking 80, 90, 100, throwing a few kids, maybe 110, maybe not so much different than how many are gathered here today. I wonder what their lives were like. I wonder how hard it was for them to bear witness to Jesus in a city like Rome. Population 1 million. Did Priscilla and Aquila's uh, tent-making biz take a hit when they refused to fly the flag on Caesar's Lord Day? What habits and practices did Julia set up in her home as she sought to raise her children in the fear of the Lord? Some of these people named in Romans 16 were probably killed like Paul for their commitment to Jesus Christ. Paul gets all the lines and stage time in the biblical drama, but what lists like this show us is that he was not a lone ranger. What lists like this show us is that he had partners, and he couldn't have done what he did without Phoebe or Rufus's mother or the hospitality of Gaius who received him. These people are more than a list. These are valuable partners in the fellowship of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Slowly over time, the God of peace used small groups like this to crush the kingdom of Satan under his feet. It's hard to imagine a ragtag group of nobodies having any impact in a big city like Rome. And yet slowly and surely, the gospel message took root and the church was established and grew. They labored, they prayed, God added to their number each baptism a blow to the kingdom of Satan. And every time the waves of persecution came, and they did come over the next couple centuries, the church survived. The church stood firm, and the Lord added more and more to their number. And then missionaries were sent out further afield, west to Spain, north into the rest of Europe, And with every prayer prayed and every sermon preached, the kingdom of Satan was crushed a little further into the ground. Most of these saints in the Lord are forgotten. Most of them don't even make the footnotes of Christian history. But it was through their prayers, their giving, their self-sacrifice, that the message of Jesus made it all throughout the world and has made it even all the way over here to us And now we're the list that's not just a list. And it's our turn to participate in the victory of God through our work and our prayers. And I know it doesn't always feel like we're winning, (laughs) like Satan is being trampled underfoot. It doesn't feel that way. There was a time in our life together when we considered building a bigger sanctuary just to accommodate the, the growing numbers This space works pretty well for us now, I'd say. But make no mistake, through our 70 years of life and ministry, God has used members of the Allison Christian Reformed Church to participate in and extend the victory of Jesus in this time and in this place. For 70 years, the praises and prayers of God's people have filled the sanctuary. For 70 years... The ladies have been meeting to study God's Word. The kingdom of Satan is trampled underfoot when women gather to read God's Word. Gems have been meeting and counselors have labored for the Lord for decades. Cadets have been meeting and counselors have poured into the boys of our community for the same amount of time. So many years. For 70 years, our elders have been praying. And our preachers have been preaching. Think of the mission trips the missionaries sponsored, the kingdom of Satan being trampled underfoot. Think about how many casseroles were made by members of this congregation and shared with those in need. The kingdom of Satan is no match for a CRC casserole. (laughs) And think of the giving, the giving. Last year, members of our church gave over $52,000 away to various ministries, both local and global, ministries that promote spiritual health and mental health, ministries that fight addiction and welcome the foreigner, ministries that facilitate discipleship in the way of Jesus. And you know what? That giving has been consistent for 70 years. We're talking millions. And that's just what appears on the books Not all that happens outside when people give, not through the church, but in other ways. The God of peace has used our funds to trample down the kingdom of Satan. Not just a list. Partners in the ministry of Jesus. And of course, victory doesn't always look the way we want it to or go the way we want it to. There have been great years here as a church, but there's also been the hard years. I was reading the Alliston CRC's 50th anniversary booklet this week, trying to get caught up on our past, and you know what story really hit me was the story of Reverend, Reverend Simon Terpstra. He served this congregation from 1967 to 1974, and then he was deposed from the ministry in 1975 due to alcoholism. I imagine that those were tough times. Maybe some of our older members probably remember those tough times. But in God's grace and in God's timing, there still was victory in that story. Terpstra's falling apart was not the end of that. And here's how Bob Rosema described it in his obituary article uh, of Simon Terpstra's life that was published then in our 50th anniversary book. And I think this is so beautiful. After the death of his second wife and the support of his family and the Holland Marsh congregation, Terpster finally confessed his need for help and entered the Dogwood Institute in Toronto in November 1981 for a month of intensive therapy. He continued with weekly therapy and began winning his battle against alcoholism. Kingdom of Satan is trampled underfoot whenever someone admits they need help. In November of 1983, Terpstra sent a letter to the Allison Consistory saying that he would like to meet with them to see if there are any matters left unhealed between us. The kingdom of Satan is trampled underfoot anytime someone says something like this and seeks healing and reconciliation. The consistory set a date for the meeting, but before it could take place, Terpstra entered the hospital with a heart condition. Many persons from the Alliston and Holland Marsh congregations visited Terpstra in the hospital, among them Reverend Jack DeFries of Alliston. The following Sunday, DeFries told the Alliston congregation about the visit of Terpstra's uh, earnest desire to make amends for any past offenses. The next day, on December 5th, over 25 people from the Alliston congregation went to visit Simon Terpstra. The former pastor asked for forgiveness, it was readily given and grace was experienced. He died that same afternoon, a man at peace with himself, with his friends, and with his God. Kingdom of Satan trampled underfoot. It might not feel like victory in those hard years, and you don't know what's going on, but then God can create something new out of the trouble At the cross, the addict can find healing and the offended can find the power to forgive. The kingdom of Satan trampled underfoot. We cannot ever forget that the victory of God comes through the cross of Christ. It was Jesus' radical self-giving, his suffering sacrifice that crushed Satan's head. It looked like defeat but really it was the power of God unto salvation. And that pattern is often played out in the history of the church too. It's in our weakness that God's strength becomes evident. It's in, in a way, our dying and the scattering of the church through persecution that the church comes back up out of the ground. G.K. Chesterton once commented that Christianity and the church has decayed and died many times Not all churches live to see their 70th birthday, but that's not the end, Chesterton says, for Christianity has died many times and risen again, for it had a God who knew the way out of the grave. Whatever comes in the next 70 years, we need not fear, for the God that has called us into the fellowship of his Son is faithful and knows how to turn death into life. And you know, our story as a community, like most others, you know, the list, the directory that is Allison CRC will probably be forgotten in time. One day we will, maybe this site will be excavated in an old directory, will be found with names, maybe that are hard to pronounce, just like those names way back then. Who are these people? Just a list? Not just a list we're the people in whom the risen Christ dwells, called in this time and in this place to lend our gifts and talents to participate in the sure victory of God. Established in the gospel, firmly rooted for such a time as this, and so as men and women, old and young, single, married, poor, and rich, let us come together to continue to give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, we join in, um, we join in ministry, not just with each other, but with the past, all those who have come before the curious cast of characters you have called and equipped to bear witness in our own ways at our own time. And Lord, we thank you for this time, right now, right here, our lives lived in the present, and we pray for the power we need to continue on in faith and faithfulness not worrying, Lord, about making a big name for ourselves, but trusting uh, that you are at work making a name for yourself through your gathered people. And so we want to lift high your name, Lord, and celebrate your work And as we have been today and into the future. Will you give us the power we need to continue um, to continue to bear witness and to continue... Uh, Lord, continue to allow us to trample uh, all that does not belong in your world, the kingdom of Satan, underfoot. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.